Well, let me invite you this morning to open your Bibles with me to the book of James chapter 1. And while you're turning to this uh, chapter, let me say it's also great to be in the pulpit of a pastor who preaches the Scripture and who just stays right in the Word of God and teaches you from that Word. That's, that's such a blessing, I know, for you to sit under that Sunday after Sunday. So it's a delight and a joy and an honor for me to be able to stand in this pulpit and preach God's Word today to you. So for the book of James, the book of James is, a, is, is not a long book. It's only five chapters long. Uh, but it is absolutely packed with truth, very applicable truth to daily life. In fact, if you take the book of James and you summarize it, you can summarize it this way. What the book of James is all about is an active living faith. It's about faith that that, uh, is lived out in daily life. Uh, in fact, we're going to see in the passage that I'm going to read this morning that the, the, I believe the central verse to the entire book of James is found in this passage. So James chapter 1 this morning, verse 19. I want to begin there. Would you follow along in, in your Bibles as I do? It says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And then the key verse to James, verse 22 of James 1. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. You know, we as Baptists um, love to uh, brag, in in a good sense, that we are people of the book, that we believe the Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God, that it has no error. It is truth from the first word of Genesis to the last word of the Revelation. And folks, listen, that is true. I'm glad we believe that. Amen? The Bible says that this is God's word given to man. It's not man's word about God. When I was ordained, uh, I'll never forget, uh, uh, that was back in the day when you were ordained, you were grilled. I mean, they, uh, you had a, a council of, of, of pastors and, and men who were normally much older than you, who were much wiser and who'd been in the Scripture. And uh, one of the questions I was asked was this, and, it, and they said, it's not a trick question. Does the Bible contain the Word of God? And I, fortunately, my pastor had already whispered in my ear that, hey, listen, think through that. Uh, and the truth is, is this. No, the Bible does not contain the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God. It is totally, truthfully, without error, God's Word. And we are to believe that. 
But folks, I'm going to make a statement I want you to hear very carefully. It's not enough to just believe the book. It's not enough. You say, what do you mean? James tells us if we believe the book, we should behave the book. We should behave what we believe. In other words, we should live out what we believe in the Word of God. We're to take God's Word and we're to apply it in our lives. Listen, if I read God's Word and it's not changing my life, I'm not reading God's Word correctly. Because God's Word, when taken to heart, will always make a difference in our lives, in our actions, our attitudes, our behaviors, and our beliefs. Do you agree with that? Amen? It will make a difference. And that's what James is talking about. So this morning, what I want us to look at uh, are, are some, some things that will be true if we're really behaving what we believe. If we're living out God's Word in our lives. If we are what James says, a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. Well, let's look at those things. Number one, if we are behaving our beliefs, we are quick to hear God's Word. He said, now wait a minute, you just said it's not just about hearing. It isn't just about hearing, but it is about hearing God's Word. In other words, it's important to hear God's Word because you can't do what you don't know. You can't do what you don't know. If you don't know it and you don't understand it, you can't live it. You agree with that? You, you got you to gotta hear it. Uh, the Bible says, look at it, be quick to hear and slow to speak. That first verse we read. Be quick to hear, slow to speak. Now, when I was growing up, my dad would often say to me, it really offended me because I'm such a quiet, shy, introverted person. Uh, I'm glad my wife's not here. It couldn't be here this morning. I, but my dad would say to me, son, look at me. And when, your dad, when my dad, who had been in the Marine Corps, said, look at him, you looked at him, all right? Look at me. God gave you two ears and one mouth. And then he'd ask this question, which one do you think he wants you to use more? The mouth or the ears? And what he was saying is, you need to listen to me and you need to stop talking. Well, you know what? The truth of the matter is, when it comes to God's word, there's a time that we need to stop talking. We need to start listening. We need to hear what God has to say. And it's both corporate and private. He said, what do you mean? Let me explain. We're to hear God's word corporately. That means the body of Christ together. Now listen, things have changed in the last months. If someone had told you back in December that by the month of March, you would not be having church in a building, what would you have thought? If they'd said to you, you're, you're going to learn a new phrase, social distancing. If they had said to you, you're going to wear a mask, even into a bank. Yeah, it took a minute, but you got it. I mean, if someone had said to you in December, you're going to wear a mask into a bank, you said, there's no way because you wear a mask into a bank, you're going to get taken down, all right? But now we wear masks. If someone had said that, that, that you're going to have to primarily worship online for a period of time, what, you, what would you have thought? But let me tell you something. It took us by surprise. But you know who it didn't take by surprise? God. 
God is still on the throne. Amen? And God is still at work. And I am so glad, as we just said, as we said a few minutes ago, that God has provided the technology and that God has provided the means whereby we can still meet corporately even when we can't always be in the building. And today, there are many of you that are joining us online and you're joining us not only locally, but you may be all across the country, all across the world. It's opened up a door for the gospel like never before. So we have opportunities. But we already hear the word corporately. I've been asked this question before as a pastor. You get all, ask all kinds of questions. and I've been asked this question. Pastor, do you, do you have to go to church to be a Christian? That's the wrong question. Why would I even ask that question? Folks, I need the body of Christ. I need my church family. I need that accountability. I need that encouragement. I need that prayer support. I need that fellowship. I cannot imagine living the Christian life without the body of Christ. So we are to study God's Word corporately. But we're also to study it privately and personally. Now when you hear everything I'm about to say, don't just hear the first part, hear it all. You are very blessed to be in a church where your pastors teach the Word of God. And they stay straight with the Scripture. They look straight into the Scripture. But I want you to hear me. Hear, hear me very carefully. I love your pastor. He's a dear friend. But Pastor Craig, I don't care what he preaches, and he is a great preacher, but Pastor Craig cannot give you enough Bible on Sunday to get you through the week. And no other pastor can There's not a pastor alive that can give you enough Bible on Sunday to get you through the week. Folks, we have to study it for ourselves. Amen? I've heard people say before, and I kind of get it sometimes, most of the time I don't, they'll say, well, I'm just not being fed. Well, listen, hear me. When my children were born and they were babies, we fed them. We fed them some pretty disgusting stuff if you want to think about it. Some of that baby food, you go, they really going to eat that stuff? But as they grew, you know what we said to them? You need to eat for yourself. You need to learn how to use a spoon. You need to learn how to use a fork. And their first fork and spoon was the hands. You know, it was all over their face. But you need to learn how to use those utensils. You need to feed yourself. Isn't that amazing? We do that with children as they grow. But in the Christian world, uh, someone's been saved 25 years and they say, I'm not being fed. You know what I want to say? Feed yourself. God's given you His Word. You've got to feed, we've got to feed ourselves as well as hear the Word of God corporately. So, we must hear the Word of God. But secondly, we must welcome, we welcome God's Word. Not only do we hear it, we welcome it. Again, verses 19 through 21. In verse 19, he says, be quick to hear, slow to speak. And then, what does he say, what does he say here? Look at it again. He says, and slow to wrath. Slow to anger. Since the anger of man or the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And then if you read on down, he says, look at this passage again. I want you to, I want you to notice it with me. Uh, verse 21, right at the, in the middle of it, he says, and receive with meekness the implanted word. You say, what does that have to do with anger? Well, I believe he's speaking in, in two ways here. Number one, he's speaking in general to anger. 
We need to be careful about anger and, and we need to address anger in our lives and in, in relationships and in life in general. But let me tell you what I think he's also addressing here. I think he's addressing our attitude. You see, welcoming God's word is about our attitude. It's about our attitude. Uh, what he's saying here, I truly believe is this. When we hear the word of God, we're not to be angry because it speaks to a challenging area in our lives, we are to welcome what God says and allow it to change us. Did you hear me? We're, we're to welcome it. We're not, we're not to grow angry uh, because, because it's something that challenges us. You see, here's the problem. When God's Word speaks directly to me, in an area of my life that's challenging, I, I want to become defensive about that. And we all have those areas. We all have those areas. One of the areas that, that, that I, just a, a transparency that I battle with is patience. Now, I don't know about any of the rest of you, but I, you know, I, I have a, a problem with patience. I, I'm one of those people that I can go into a Home Depot, Lowe's, or Walmart, it doesn't matter where, and there'll be 10 lines there. And I can, I'm always looking for the one that's got the least number of people. And there will be a line here with 10, a line there with 8, and there'll be a line here with two people. And I go, uh-huh, nobody's seen that. And I get in that line, and the person right in front of me, invariably, when they get up to the register, realizes all of a sudden, i got to pay for what I just bought. And then they start fumbling for their checkbook and their wallet. Didn't they know five minutes ago they were going to have to pay for this stuff? And I'm standing back there and I'm, you know, I can feel it all welling up in me. Several years ago, I was interim pastor at First Snellville. And I was driving into church one Sunday from Decula to Snellville. And I got behind this car. And they were out for a Sunday drive. They were driving 20 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour speed zone. And I got to get to church, and I'm right behind them. And so, man, I'll be honest, I'm running up on their bumper like, I mean, it's like NASCAR, man. I'm wanting to bump draft them on down the road. They never speed up. They never pay me any attention. They just keep driving, Will, just stride on the church. 20 miles an hour. So we get into Snellville, and I think, well, I'm at church now. It'll be all right. They turned into the church parking lot. <laughs> and I had to get up and preach in front of those people that day. So I stood up and I said, folks, I've got to confess something. I was very impatient with somebody in this room earlier today. I said, you were out for a Sunday drive and I was trying to get here in a hurry and I was right on your bumper. So all I want to say to you is this. Could you speed up next week if you're in front of me? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I said, I got to apologize. You see, listen to this. People do not reject the Bible because it contradicts itself because it does not. Hear that again. People do not reject the Bible because it contradicts itself because it does not. People reject the Bible because it contradicts them. Their behavior. They look at it as being restrictive. Because, and I tell you something about God's Word. God's Word is liberating. It's not restrictive. It's liberating. It sets you free. In fact, if you read on down in this passage... Uh, skip ahead a little bit. If you look at verse 25, it says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in all he does. So what we need to understand is this. God's word is liberating. It sets us free. 
He says, in fact, if you go back to the verses we were reading, verse 21, it says, uh, in verse 21, it says that as we read the word of God and, and, and as we receive it meekly, it's able to save our souls. Did you see that? It's able to save our souls. Now, in a general sense, God's word points us to Jesus who saves us. He changes our lives. There's only one way to God, folks, and that's Jesus. Amen? It's only one way to salvation. That's the cross. But I believe in this particular instance, what James is talking about is, is something else. When he says it's able to save our souls, I believe what he's saying is that when we welcome God's word, it will save us from a lot of misery. When I welcome God's word, it saves me from a lot of misery. So we hear it, we welcome it, and then thirdly, we need to understand we then obey God's word. Verses 22 through 25, we then obey God's word. You see, if we're serious about God's word, we will approach it with a desire to obey. And what James describes here is the difference in a casual hearer and a serious hearer of the word of God. A casual hearer and a serious hearer. And he uses the illustration of a mirror. He uses the illustration of a mirror, and when he talks about that mirror in the, in the Scripture here, what he says is this. He says, there's that person who looks into a mirror and immediately walks away and, and does nothing about his or her appearance. Nothing changes. And then there's that person who looks into a mirror and then, it makes change, then makes changes accordingly. And he's using that as an illustration of how we study God's Word. By the way, I've been reading the uh, biography of Douglas MacArthur. I love to read the biographies of generals and, and uh, people like that. And Dwight Eisenhower, in the, in the biography of uh, MacArthur, said that Douglas MacArthur could stand in front of a mirror and admire himself for hours. <laughs> now, that's a piece of history I never knew about Douglas MacArthur. But the Bible says that, in a spiritual sense, that we should be in God's Word and it should make a difference in our lives. You say, well... Well, Larry, there's so much of the Bible I don't understand. I'm going to ask you, those who are watching live stream, those who are in the room, how many of you there's at least one thing in the Bible you don't understand? Raise your hands. At home, you know the same thing to be true. It's 100%. There's things in the Bible I don't understand. But can I tell you something? My biggest challenge in life, my biggest challenge in life is, a, is not what I don't understand, it's what I do understand. You see, the biggest challenge is this. It's obeying what we know. It's obeying. That's the challenge in my life. It's being obedient to what we know. Well, if we are a person who desires to behave what we believe, then we will have a desire to obey the Word of God. And then number four, we must apply God's Word to daily life. We must apply God's word to daily life. Look at verses 26 through 27. He deals with three areas where God's word should specifically apply. Number one, we must apply God's word to the words we speak. To the words that we speak. He talks about controlling the tongue. He's very direct. James is direct in everything he says. He's not any more direct in, in any other area than he is right here. Look at what he says in verse 26. If anyone among you thinks he's religious and he does not control or bridle his tongue, he's deceiving his own heart. 
and his religion is useless. Wow. Now, James deals with the tongue a lot. If you go to chapter 3, he really deals with it. But what James is saying here is, if we really are serious about God's word, it will have an impact on what the words we use, how we speak. Now, of course, when James wrote this, he was talking about the literal tongue, and that's true. You know, with the tongue, we can either build up a person or we can tear a person down, amen? We either can bless somebody or we can hurt somebody. By the words we speak, we have to be very careful. And I know there's not a person in this room, myself included, or online, there's not a person I'm speaking to today that at some time or the other, we haven't spoken words that were hurtful. And the, other, the, the opposite is true. There's not a person I'm addressing today that's not been spoken to in a hurtful way. But you know, today we've got to expand that. It's not just verbal are you ready? It's also social media. Social media. I get asked this. Larry, is social media good or bad? It's neutral. It's neutral. It's like a lot of other things. It's not good. It's not bad. The good or the bad is determining how you use it. You can use it to bless somebody, to encourage somebody. You can use it to share the gospel. But you can also use it to tear down. You can also use it to, 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 to be very negative and critical. Folks, listen. As Christians, we need to understand the world is watching us. Amen? And when we are on social media, we need to be very careful that what we say is elevating and not destructive. I, it amazes me the debates that people get into. You'll have two Christians debating some finer point of theology. And man, they go at it. And then they get others involved in it. But you know who's the losers in all that? The person that doesn't know Jesus. Because they're watching this. And they're saying, Christians can't get along. Why do I need their Christianity? Folks, listen. We've got to control the words we speak. But secondly, he also says we must apply it to the work we do. We apply God's word to the work we do. He says that true religion, and pure and undefiled religion, verse 27, before God is to... Look at this. It's to minister to the orphans and the widows in their needs. You know what it says? That a church, the body of Christ, a believer that is serious about his or her faith or a church that's serious about their faith will apply it to ministry to other people. Can I tell you one of the things that's such a blessing about your church is that you minister to people. You minister to people in the prayer time this morning, talk about people's needs. Folks, the Bible says when we're truly serious about God's Word, we're going to minister to others, amen? We're not going to make it just about self. We're going to make it about others as well. So, the words we speak, the work we do, and then finally, and I'm done, we must apply God's Word to our daily walk. To our daily walk, look at what he says in closing. He says and to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. What is he saying there? Our behavior, our behavior should preserve our testimony. The way we live should preserve our testimony before the world. Wow, some serious stuff. 
But it's very simple. It just says this, that what I believe, I should live. Amen? If I believe it, it should make a difference in my life. And you know what's thrilling about the Bible? And I say this as we close. And I know you, you've all experienced it. You can read verses. You can read a passage. And it, it speaks to you in general. That's, that's just God's Word. But if you ever come to a verse and it's like you're reading it for the first time, it just literally jumps off the page. And it's normally in an area of need in your life. And all of a sudden, God just, I mean, where he's spoken quietly before, it's almost like he screams it at you from the pages of his, God, of his word. You know why? Because the Bible is God's living word. It's as applicable today as it was when James wrote these words. And if Jesus doesn't come back by then, it'll be applicable 100 years from today. God's Word, God's Word changes our lives. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. This morning, both online and here in the worship center, I want to pray with you and pray for you. Maybe today you're watching and you need a relationship with Jesus Christ or you may be in the room and someone's been sharing the gospel of Christ with you and you know today, You need to trust Christ. Well, I want you to know this. God's word is very clear on this subject. First of all, it tells us that God loves us. God loves you. He loves you with a perfect love. He tells you, secondly, he loves you so much that because we're all, the Bible says, sinners, and what that simply means is that we do not, cannot live up to the standards of God's holiness, that because of that, God sent Jesus into the world. And Jesus came into the world to take my sin upon himself at the cross that I may have his righteousness. And you know what he says? That all who will trust him, all who will trust him can have forgiveness of sin and new life in Christ, eternal life. So this morning as you're listening, if you don't have that relationship with Christ, would you just stop right now and just simply say, God, thank you for loving me. Jesus, for, thank you for dying for me and I want to receive you into my life and I just turn my life totally over to you asking you to forgive my sin and make my life new. Today, you can do that. And in just a few moments, Pastor Ted's going to tell you how to make that response public because Jesus tells us if, if, if we trust him, we should let others know about it. He's going to tell you how you can do that. But maybe you're here today and you say, Larry, I am a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ, but there's a part of God's word that I really need to apply to my life and I've been struggling with it and and I I want today to do that. You could do that right now. Just simply say, God, this is the area of my life where I've been struggling and I want to take your word and apply it and I want it to reflect in my behavior. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you, Lord, so much for caring for us and giving us Jesus to change our lives. And I want to thank you today that we can have a relationship with Christ and and then that relationship not only will take us to heaven one day, but it will change our lives now. And as we look into God's word and we begin to behave what we believe, Lord, it will make such a difference in how we relate to you and relate to others. I thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen.